everybody. Welcome to OK Talks. I'm your host, Oliver Kendall. I'm a lifelong political nerd with an academic background in international relations focused in security policy and real-world experience working in the U.S. domestic political space and living in a number of other countries than my own, all of which combined, I think, positions me fairly well both to interpret for my international audience what's going on in the politics of my own country and to shed light for some of the folks back home on some events of note going on in the rest of the world. So quick housekeeping note slash shameless plug for this show. If you haven't already, please go take a listen to the episode right before this one. Not that it's like needed to understand what we're going to be talking about here or anything, but I feel like it's a pretty important one reflecting on the fact that we are now a full year into the unprovoked Russian invasion of Ukraine and some of the key takeaways from where that conflict is right now, what we should be doing, etc. Go check it out. Share it with everybody with a pulse and a smartphone. You know what to do. Today, though, we're going to be talking about a situation on the other side of the world. So I'm here to talk to you with the help of my awesome guest about what's going on in Peru, which is seeing massive protests at the moment. So just by way of a bit of backstory before we dive into my conversation with Darwin, Peru has been going through a turbulent few years. I'll spare you an in-depth comparison of Peru's government versus that of the U.S. system or a typical parliamentary-style European democracy. I should also acknowledge here that my own knowledge of Peru's system is not that deep, so I probably couldn't do a super deep comparative analysis. But instead, I'll just say that in Peru, it's quite a bit easier to get rid of a president than it is in the U.S. Uh, the country went through a period of like a year or two wherein they had like five or six presidents, which is kind of nuts. But then back in the summer of 2021, Peru had a set of elections which boiled down to a contest between Keiko Fujimori and Pedro Castillo. Keiko Fujimori is eh, kind of more right-leaning, like establishment right of center, but I think not as nearly far over as like a dangerous, crazy right-wing populist autocrat type like a Trump or a Jair Bolsonaro. A lot of baggage, though since she's also the daughter of former Peruvian president Alberto Fujimori, who is, I think, still in jail for some serious human rights violations. And Keiko herself was, I think, under indictment, or at least suspected of some pretty serious corruption charges. So, not exactly, like, the most appealing candidate at the time. But then her opponent? Pedro Castillo, a communist who hates women and gays. I know what you're thinking, but I'm barely exaggerating. Guy's a self-described Marxist-Leninist whose main campaign planks involved vehement opposition to gay rights and to the right of women to, you know, not be forced to carry a pregnancy to term. And the commie one. Fairly narrowly, but yeah. So after he took office, it turned out that in addition to being a communist who hates women and gays, he was also an idiot and just, like, woefully incompetent. So his time in office was just one scandal after another. Massive turnover among uh, his higher-up officials. Like, I spent years marveling at the turnover in the Trump administration. This dwarfed that. Uh, like, overall, in the space of about a year, something like 50 cabinet-level officials turned over. I don't remember how many. I'll ask Darwin. Okay, update, I just did in a message getting ready for our conversation coming up, and he told me uh, that Castillo changed ministers every week and he lost count, unquote. The position that is basically the Peruvian equivalent of the prime minister or chief of staff effectively turned over, I think, four times in the space of a year? 
Bottom line, Presidente Pedro Castillo's tenure in office was not going so hot. So, as basically always happens in Peru, the country's legislator got going on trying to get him out of office. This proceso de destitución failed twice, but by the time they got around to trying a third time, it was very clear that it was actually going to work. So then Castillo went on TV and declared that he was dissolving the legislature and taking control of the independent judiciary, the equivalent of the Ministry of Justice in that country, and various other public institutions, and ordered the arrest of the country's chief prosecutor. The problem is that the president of Peru doesn't really have the authority to do any of those things, so the response to this was basically, oh yeah, you and what army? Because the Peruvian armed forces and national police weren't going to be available, since they had issued statements saying that they were absolutely not going to do that, and the majority of whatever cabinet ministers remained at this point up and resigned. So, then the guy had no option but to just run away and seek asylum at the Mexican embassy in the hopes that the kind of crazy but not quite as crazy president of Mexico would take pity on him. This attempt to bolt was at least as poorly planned as Castillo's attempted auto-coup, well, his entire presidency, really. So he never made it and ended up getting caught on the way. His vice president took over, and that was the end of that, and Peru lived happily ever after without a president who is a commie who hates women and gays. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. The country is still an absolute mess. All this went down at the beginning of December of this past year, and in the time since then, there have been massive protests going on, and widespread allegations of pretty serious human rights abuses in the response to them. So, to get a sense for what's going on in Peru now, what exactly the protesters are hoping to achieve, and what might come out of all of this, we are lucky enough to be joined by Darwin Cruz, who has spent over a decade as a leading journalist in Peru focused on economics and international trade, and is on the ground in that country right now. Darwin, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, thanks to <laughs> thanks to you, Oliver. So in uh, the intro that I will have recorded before uh, before you're here, I will have basically taken people chronologically up to Castillo's removal from office and the fact that the vice president has taken over. So then in broad strokes, can you tell us basically what's happened uh, since then, since the beginning of December? Uh, okay, well, uh, the removal of Castillo by the Congress of the Republicans after his welcome attempt and the assumption of Dina Boluarte as constitutional president by association uh, was just the last straw for Castillo supporters who are mainly poor citizens from rural areas and those who are pointed out as the protagonists of various uh, demonstrations throughout the country and who brand President Boluarte as a traitor uh, request the ambassment of general elections and the calling of constituent assembly to draft a new constitution. Seeing these, since, since the start of the protest, uh, around 70 Peruvians have died. The majority of the hands of the police in violent con confrontations, mainly in the southern uh, of the country, in the Andes. Uh, this is the poorest area of the country. Uh, it must also be said that a policeman was burned during uh, the demonstration in which a uh, police post was set on fire. So, uh, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was incredible. It was wow, what happened here? <laughs> so Peru Peru has experienced uh, roadblocks that have led uh, to an increase in the cost of food, as well as fuel shortages in villages in the Peruvian jungle, uh, and also people who was traveling were traveling by bus to Lima to receive emergency medical attentions have died due, due to the roadblock. And so we are living uh, through turbulent months in the midst of demonstrations and the request of President Dina Boluarte to Congress to approve the legis legislative mechanism for the advancement of general elections. And that this uh, not be in 2026, but the end of this year, um, as well as minimum minimum steps to change the party law, uh, prevent the same questioning politicians from running again. However, despite the demonstrations and the dice of 70 Peruvian persons, uh, the Congress said, no, no, we 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 don't change anything. So we we have to continue the status quo because this is a law. So at, at this moment, uh, only a few protests have been reported in the south of the country. So we are now in a kind of um, countdown, but uh, the expectation is that the protest uh, continue in the next days. So let me just let me see if I understood everything correctly. The thing that's okay. interesting to me here, first of all, is uh, the, the 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 new president, the previous vice president. She was from President Castillo's own party, wasn't she? Exactly. And so the protesters, despite the fact that she's from the same party, view her as being somehow a traitor for not having what also tried to leave like office when Castillo was. Removed yeah, from? yeah, yeah. Because um, Dina Boluarte once said, "If Castillo is uh, removed by the Congress, I go out with him." Okay. So a lot of people said, "Okay, you said that you out that you go out with him if the Congress uh, uh, said by Castillo." So what happened? What happened to that? What happened with your own word, Dina Boluarte? Gotcha. So then basically, yeah. so Boluarte, who took over after Castillo was arrested after his little attempted coup exactly, thingy. Exactly, exactly. But Castillo, Castillo, um, Castillo uh, commit a, a, a crime against the constitution to 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 try to to make um um a, a self count attempt so so okay so so the people that are protesting then are largely supporters of Castillo who despite being from the same party as the current president view her as not having defended the previous president enough and in the time since then, she has pushed for new elections to happen soon. But Congress exactly. is telling her, no, you have to stay in office until 2026. Exactly. Exactly. So, you, so, you, so you and we, you and we as a Congress. Ah, OK, because yeah. new elections would also involve the new elections, remove everything, gotcha. remove 
president, remove uh, ministries, uh, remove Congress. And is Boluarte con calling for elections because she is confident that she would win in that scenario? No, 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 no. Um, the idea is that Dina Boluarte said, okay, um, I call in new general elections. So uh, we have to go out for a new president and also a new Congress. So, so she's basically offering to remove herself from the presidency. Exactly. So, so Congress wants her to be the president and she just really doesn't want to be president. Exactly, exactly. And the key, the key to open this door um, is, in, is in the Congress because the Congress have to approve uh, the law to allow <laughs> uh, a new calling of new general elections. Gotcha. So then are most of the protesters on the same side then? Are most of the protesters supporters of Pedro Castillo who who are demonstrating against his removal still? Well, um, this is a particular situation, okay? Because we can't identify uh, specific leaders, but in the south of Peru, uh, mostly, and also in the north and different parts uh, of Peru, but mostly in the south, a lot of people um, participate on demonstration against the government of Dina Boluarte. Okay, and uh, in the um, um, they said, uh, "Go out, Dina Boluarte." Because you said that if Castillo was go out, you too. Okay, so we need a new elections, new general election right now, if it is possible tomorrow. So not later or... this year, but immediately. Exactly. Okay, immediately. So these I are want... these are this is amazing to me because, like, from what you're describing, you have a person who was just gifted the presidency who would have every right by law to stay in power until 2026, but she is basically offering to give it up and have elections almost as soon as the country is legally able to do it. But then these protesters are like, no, even that from this person in my own party is not fast enough. So we want you to quit and then be replaced by question mark, question mark. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then reply to... Someone, I don't know who, but someone different, uh, and call for a constituent assembly to draft a new constitution, because most of the protesters said that our constitution uh, is bad for poor people, um, is good for rich people. Rich people become more rich and a lot of but and the poor people become more poor okay is it a bit reflective of what was going on in chile a couple of years ago uh yeah more okay. or less interesting yeah, yeah more or less very very interesting very interesting because uh, okay we 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 are now attend to an a, a special scenery 
uh, because this is like a boom. It's, it's a boom because a lot of people in the sound outside of Lima um, are so poor, are without infrastructure. They are disconnected to to the country. And this is this is strange because you said, okay, Peru, uh, a good place, Machu Picchu, the one of the wonders of the world, exact, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But we don't have enough infrastructure. Mm -hmm. We don't have enough uh, roads. We don't have enough trains. Uh, we don't have. We 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 have an informal system. <laughs> of public transport mm. so a lot of people said okay this is enough this is enough i am peruvian like you that you live in lima also in lima a lot of people are disconnected mm -hmm. because uh, the, the infrastructure is not enough so then so, would you say that the protests in that sense extend beyond just Castillo supporters angry that he got removed to a more to include a broader more generalized dissatisfaction with the sort of status quo mm -hmm. yep and also they said that uh, we need a new constitution we need a, a radical change I will say with the country having gone through um like seven presidents in the last three or four years i can i can see yeah. an argument for the current constitution maybe being a little bit flawed um so then but this is it's interesting because this would seem to indicate that the the protest movement extends beyond just just castillo supporters and do you think that there's any appetite in the in the current like sort of temporary, potentially temporary government for some sort of constitutional assembly. I don't know. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm not sure. Okay. I'm that, not sure. That's an interesting. Okay. okay. Um, yeah. And that so. But we need we need to uh, improve the way that um, that you give the resources in inside the country. Mm -hmm and also um, fight against the corruptions. Uh, here in Peru, we are the 70% of informal economy. Oh. 70. That's a big number. Okay, wow. 70 or 80, maybe, because uh, because uh, the pan uh, the uh, a pandemic scenery uh, weekend, uh, debilitó más. Mm -hmm. Weekend, yeah. The, 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 the pandemic scenario weakened the institutions exactly. that were in Gotcha. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. And now, um, and also some um, politicals, political violence uh, here here inside in Peru. So if we had 70% uh, of the informality, so maybe with, with this uh, uh, episode, the informality maybe increase 80%. Hey, side note, before we go on with the episode, have you subscribed to the podcast yet? If not, go do it. 
That way you don't miss an episode, and also it really helps with the whole algorithm thing to get the show into more people's podcast feeds. <laughs> I would be wrong if I didn't also say in this little interlude that leaving a rating and a review and sharing the link to the podcast on social media would also have that effect. So if you feel like doing me a favor, please go do those things. Okay. So I know your specialty is is more specifically on economics and trade. I, I, I think that probably some people listening when they, especially people who are from you know, the U.S. or haven't uh, haven't been around that much when they hear you talk about the informal economy might not know yep. entirely what you mean. Can you can you talk a little bit about what that actually looks like? Mm -hmm. OK, well, um, Peru, um, Peru is, is an special case. Um, first, political uncertainty is weakened, growth prospects and test Peru's uh, fiscal reliance. Um, less than a month ago, Moody's rating agency reduced their country's rating from stable to negative mm. because social political risk uh, um, and deterioration of institutional cohesion, governance, etc. So but, the, the credit rating has been degraded, which exactly. is not good for the country if it wants to get loans or that it's, sort of thing for long-term development. But But can you just like, when you say... 70 to 80 percent of the economy is informal like on, on a basic level what does that actually mean um it means that we have first a lot of work and then we have uh, the risk that uh, next new investment don't don't arrive here hmm. prefer maybe chile or i don't know another country in latin america so uh, Peru has uh, a lot of homework about this this topic, and and sorry, we, a lot of a lot of what homework, mucha tarea. Ah, well, okay, yeah, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but um, different administration, different economy administration, uh, had. Some respect, was so responsible because um, we have a lot of savings. We have money, mm -hmm. we have mon money saving, but the execution of the budget is not good. It's not good inside of Peru. Uh, uh, the, 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 the local government uh, don't execute efficiently the budget. Mm -hmm. So come back to the central government. And maybe that is the reason that uh, besides the political uh, conflict, the pandemic scenery, uh, Peru has a strong savings. But you know so do you think some of do you think limited. some of the, oh I'm sorry do you think some of the protest is about the fact that the central government has resources that they could be spending to improve infrastructure and that sort of thing and they're not doing it <laughs> well um again Peru is a special case because we have money but uh, we don't execute some some uh, good the budget and this is the worst part because if you don't execute good the budget so um it's more expensive fix it uh, you have some mayors 
in 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 the country part of Peru that creates some monuments to the potato, for example. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> so instead yeah. of building a new yeah. train station, you build a gold statue to a potato. Exactly. Kind of exactly okay. the potato. Or 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 one major in the north of Peru that make an special monument to uh erotic waco. Um yep. Yeah. Big. Uh, so yeah, so this is this is um this is the kind of execution of the budget. Um uh, because the corruption or maybe uh, broke some uh, some roads and said we are repairing, we are repairing, we're repairing at the end of the year because they have to execute the budget. Right. And obviously increase the budget to to say okay this this is a cost but uh, it has hidden cost so that's why people feel uncomfortable and said no the, the who who failed the central government because everything is in lima mm -hmm. And and Castillo, obviously, despite running on a very populist platform, didn't do anything to fix any of these things. Exactly. And a lot of people thought that Castillo uh, has the solution because his characteristics, uh, a farmer, a farmer guy, um, professor, so uh, it's a is a man like you, like me. Yeah. But yeah, a, a pop sort of populist, far left, socially conservative, um, but like, well, I mean, he described himself as a Marxist Leninist, right? Like, so I people probably assumed that he would do some sort of serious wealth redistribution and then none of that materialized. Yeah, but you he uh, he's not a prepared guy. And and people around him also, yeah. they are not prepared. So, yeah, this is a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was. Um, I would say euphemistically, it was interesting to watch from the outside. Um, <laughs> uh, so finally, the, the the worst question I can ask anybody: what What do you think is going to happen now? I mean, so like the the country's been through like ten presidents in the last five or six minutes. Um, the presidency of President Castillo was particularly chaotic, and now there's this huge upheaval that comes from a, a, some some group of his supporters that are angry that he was removed, but then a more generalized dissatisfaction with the status quo in Peru. W what is it that you? What are the possible outcomes that you see from all this? Uh, well, um, this is difficult. And this is difficult. The uh, next two years will be very difficult. Uh, this year will be uh, particularly difficult because minimum agreements have not been reached to address the claim of early elections. Um, much so to, to address the what? Uh, uh, to address the claim or also. Oh, the, oh, right, right. Sorry. So the, the desire for early <laughs> elections has not been addressed. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You know, uh, so. Mm. Uh, okay, I I want to uh, be 
a guy who believe in the future <laughs> but uh, but the scenery right now is is very 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 difficult so uh, we run a high risk of continuing in these vicious cycles governed by corruption in which educational quality for example is left aside budgets are not efficiently executed uh, to improve infrastructure uh, with the connectivity and quality of life of people yeah so then if okay so first of all how likely do you think it is that there actually are elections held before 2026 held this year well well um maybe uh, the government maybe dina boluarte try again to um trying again with with the congress to uh call new general elections so soon but this is so soon it means uh next year or one on one and a half year or okay. something like that and then if if those elections happen though would it really change very much because given that the current system allows for congress to throw out the presidents very very easily wouldn't it just lead to another scenario where there's an election they can't get any the new president can't get anything through congress and then they start trying to remove that person and then it's just we're right back here again well, if Dina Boluarte go out and assume the president of the Congress or another congressman elected uh, by the by by their colleagues and and conducted a kind of transitional government to new general elections. Oh, I mean, even if there is an election that happens soon. Isn't it quite possible that the, the that the Castillo scenario just repeats? Yes, because uh, the Congress don't don't do the uh, minimum changes to 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 change the party laws mm -hmm. to improve the quality of candidates here in Peru. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, there might be elections in the next year and a half, and if there are, we might be back here again in three years. Yep. Oh boy, the same. <laughs> so then, I, I guess we have to hope that that the more reasonable protesters that are there, hoping for some sort of constitutional convention, might get their way, because it sounds like there need to be some systemic. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we need we need some something that broke this uh, vicious cycle. Mm -hmm. So we need uh, um. A very big change here. So, uh, who will be la the leader? Uh, particularly, I don't know. I don't know uh, because uh, we have now in in a fight of extremes. You are on the right or you are on the left. You couldn't be in the center because if you be in the center the right part said okay you are terrorists <laughs> if you are on the left uh, and sorry if you are in the center uh, someone from the left said no 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 you are a capitalist and you are against the people or something like that so we need to come down and take actions so I hope I hope 
I hope that um that political forces in the Congress um give an agreement so to give a solution to this country. Is it last question, I promise. Uh <laughs> okay. So with this so we obviously what we hope for is a scenario where there will be some amendments made to the constitution to lead to more stability and equity. But as chaotic as things are, I mean, there's there's an unhist unfortunate history in Latin American countries often helped along, unfortunately, by interventions from my own country of just a, a military takeover. Is it possible that in the middle of all this chaos that there's just oh. a military coup? Uh, military coup well and it's possible but it's not a good scenario well okay a lot of uh, a lot of militaries uh, are now with Dina Boluarte so yeah so uh, the, the the Boluarte government make some change in a lot of the institutions, uh, including the military institutions. So yeah, so right now, uh, military forces um, support the Oluarte's government. Ah, well, then at least at least we can probably count on there not being some sort of takeover junta type situation by the military. Mm. Okay, well, a tiny mm -hmm. bit of good news to end um, <laughs> this very depressing uh, <laughs> outlook we have for the future of Peru. Wow. Uh, well, yeah. thank you so much for joining me and for for sharing all this um, this insight and analysis of, of the. No, thank, thanks for the invitation, <laughs> Oliver. Well, that was interesting. Going into that conversation, I didn't know a ton of the things that we just heard. I was fairly familiar with the insanely turbulent political situation the past couple of years in Peru and the uh, antics of Presidente Castillo, but I was not aware of the extent to which these really deep-seated problems, poverty, disparity, were grounded in the structural political problems in Peru in a way that was so similar to what had been the Ch the case in Chile over the last couple of decades, which we just saw erupt uh, a couple of years ago. I was also unaware that all of the chaos and protests in the time since Castillo's failed auto coup was so grounded in a broader political movement of sort of mobilized despair around those structural problems. And I guess it remains to be seen what the outcome is going to be. It's like Darwin and I started discussing near the end of our conversation. I think that we have to hope, both for the sake of creating some sort of stability in government so that the average presidency in Peru is at least a bit longer and less dramatic than uh, like the average Taylor Swift or Pete Davidson relationship. Oh, Jesus, did I just make a pop culture reference? Sorry. And also, for the sake of being able to start to ease some of those deeply entrenched problems with corruption and inequality, we have to hope that legislators in Peru start being open to the idea of having some sort of constitutional convention or something along those lines that could make some deeper systemic changes to the way that country's run, because clearly the current political ecosystem in Peru just isn't equal to the task, and the people of Peru 
deserve better. That's it for this episode of OK Talks. Huge thanks again to Batuing for coming on to give us a deeper look into what's happening in Peru. I hope y'all enjoyed our conversation as much as I did. Speaking of, if you did and want to know when I finally get around to the next episode, hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on. Also, as always, I'm so sorry to join in the pathetic parade of content producers begging you on bended knee to please, please like, leave a review, share the show on social media, blah, 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 or with anybody you think might enjoy it. But you doing so really, really does help convince the algorithm that this show should be a little further up in that metaphor uh, metaphorical parade. So please do it. <laughs> as always, I'd like to thank my friend Nate Wright for having produced the podcast artwork and you for listening. Music.